0: Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're balancing life through health, wealth, business, and relationships. All right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. My name is Colton Cockrell. I am so excited. Right now, I can't even keep it in. Um, well, first, let me introduce Trisha, and then we are going to go straight to questions because I am so pumped. Trisha, what is going on?
1: Oh my gosh, Colton, really, you're going to skip me so you can get straight to our guest today. Like, I'm not feeling very good about this. (laughs) Hey, everyone, welcome to the show. Again, this month, we are focused on financial wellness, and we're going to talk about the thing that Colton is so excited about, cryptocurrency. And who better to talk about crypto than Douglas Ford, owner of Guy Houston. Douglas, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. And so before we jump in, Trisha, I did not forget our sponsor for the show is Results Extreme Business Solutions. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into questions. So let's quickly, Douglas, can you go ahead and just tell us for the people who have been living under a rock over the last five years, what is cryptocurrency?
2: Cryptocurrency is a way to transfer value that is validated by third parties where nothing physical
0: changes hands. So the blockchain is what you're the, referring to. The blockchain
2: to. is the third-party verification of the transaction.
0: The the digital ledger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Trisha, I know you want to get some questions in. I'm trying not just to not...
1: Just <laughs> shit. Well, actually, you know, we were talking about before the show, kind of an update on where we're at. You know, you guys were talking about the market and how big of the swings are. And I happen to know that there have been some crazy things happening since you guys were talking about it before we jumped on that we're really seeing some big swings and it doesn't seem to be deterring people. Douglas, can you give us an update?
2: Um, this, the whole idea of crypto and NFTs are basically day trading for millennials and Gen Z. Um, I have seen some older people get into it. Primarily the, the people who are participating in this space are male. Many of them are single and they all want to basically get rich quick.
0: Let's talk about this because you are a tax guy. I don't want to just talk mm-hmm. about crypto, it is related to crypto. So you've been hearing a lot about the federal government, they're cracking down on crypto. And we saw it starting in 2020, with the taxes, whenever they're asking, hey, did you exchange? Did you sell? Did you buy any crypto? Um, so what are you seeing from the tax side of things when crypto is coming around? And, and are they able now to um, have more, uh, I guess, show the transactions? Because I know that there's no 1099 being issued back then. So can you explain kind of the, uh, I guess, evolution of cracking down on the taxes?
2: At this point now, there are two exchanges, Coinbase and one other one that will issue 1099Bs. That's because they've been required to. They're both US based companies. It's pretty easy to track when somebody is buying and and trading in crypto because they, you know, their banking activity, people convert this stuff to fiat so that they can actually spend it. So the IRS is notifying people that they either suspect or believe have been trading that they had they believe that they had crypto trades that are reportable that they did not report and then you have 28 days to respond or they're going to assume you were mm. it's still not as tightly controlled as securities futures or or other traded equities but it's getting there and at this point if you don't answer the question did you buy, trade, sell, hold, exchange, blah. Um, you can't even file the return. It won't go through.
0: Wow. Well, and so again, I feel like there is probably a ton of fraud going on. Right? <laughs> saying, no, I didn't trade in crypto. No, oh, I didn't exchange. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. The semantics that will be argued is impressive. Um, yeah. But yeah, this whole, I'm looking to aggregate and, 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 make, you know, massive returns. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's next?
1: It's interesting to me, Douglas, as you describe the demographic, right? Because we happen to have someone of that specific demographic here on the podcast as I point to Colton. For those of you who can't see my finger pointing at Colton. (laughs) Realizing that Colton is in an industry where that might be a little iffy, right? Mm -hmm. So Colton, do you find... I know this show is not about you, but I'm just curious. Do you find that people that you're hanging around with, right? Your own demographic are trading.
0: Yeah, actually. Yes. I was at dinner, uh, two weeks ago or less than two weeks ago. I had a, uh, 25 year old male dating, uh, you know, he was dating somebody. I had a, uh, my, I won't say who it is, but I had a young 21 year old single. And then I had a married 27 year old, all sitting together at the table, everyone under 30 years old, all male. As Doug's pointed out, every single one of them that I gave him my view on crypto, and they just you know they're like ah, they're like oh, ah now well you know it's going to go to the moon like they don't they don't I don't think they understand finance like how the financial systems work because where I'm hung up, hung up at and this is what Doug and I have talked about in the past is that with crypto again I don't I don't see an underlining value if I if I buy Ford Motors and Ford goes under, they at least have physical assets that they can sell, that can generate income, right? Where they can maybe give me something. I mean, I know that, you know, shareholders like the last people to get paid, But still, they they have physical. There's physical worth there. With crypto, it's just and NFTs too. It's all supply and demand. So the demand for crypto is so high because you hear people like Mark Cuban, you hear people like Elon Musk go on and they talk about uh, crypto, knowing they have a pretty decent sized crypto um, portfolio. And so, what does that do? It drives up the price. I mean, my goodness, how is how is uh, Elon Musk saying that? Bitcoin will now be used for t- uh, Tesla purchases. How is that not market man- manipulation? And then, you know, a few weeks later, he then says, oh, never mind. We're not, we're actually not going to do this now. But, you know, like, it's just, it's crazy. I've, people are making so much money smart. Like these people who are wealthy, who are, they've already made a ton of money. They're just making a killing. And I feel like they're, it's kind of like the GameStop issue that happened to, uh, you know, a year ago, but in reverse, the, <laughs> the young people aren't the ones making the money. It's the already the rich and powerful people who are making the money. So I, I just don't really like, Crypto, especially now. Let me go into a question here, Douglas. What are you hearing? Because I'm hearing a lot about, um, you know, China, United States. They're starting to create this digital currency, right? And you know, I'm assuming it's so they can monitor every single transaction that we make, right? Kind of like, I guess, like our credit cards. How do you think that's going to play into Bitcoin? Because there has to be heavy regulation to create a digital dollar for the purpose of tracking all transactions.
2: The last I saw a number, there were more than 140 countries looking to create blockchain verified versions of their fiat currency. U.S. Treasury is one. My opinion, in answer to your question, is if there was a blockchain verified version of the euro or the dollar or the pound sterling, those would be used heavily in commercial transactions who would never touch crypto Mm. because there's an actual value there. There's, as you were describing about Ford in the United States, how much is the United States dollar worth? Well, there's some market, you know, appeal driving the value of it, but then there's also tax collections, gross domestic product, growth rates, population growth, All these other trends that you can track and people who have completely different training than I do would be able to come up with what that means as a future value. And then thereby it is set against other fiat currencies. Um, I think that that's very interesting. I don't know, Colton, if you had seen, but Russia has banned crypto holding and mining as has China.
0: I knew China. I didn't know about Russia.
2: Yeah, that was very recent, and interestingly enough, Russia's moves via vis-a-vis Ukraine yesterday caused the crypto market to take a a nosedive today.
0: Yeah, so I guess we should probably uh, date this podcast. You know, we're recording this on February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Yeah, no, it's been a nosedive. Yeah, so four a.m. last night, Ukraine did get. You know, there was an invasion by Russia, and so. But I mean, it wasn't, I mean, the stock market too did fall a little bit, but nothing compared to what crypto did. I I agree completely. Um, Now, let me ask you this because Trisha actually brought this up to me and I thought it was a great question. She said, hey, with crypto and blockchain, can someone track my transactions in the blockchain?
2: Generally not. No, unless there's a security breach. Hmm. And we have to remember crypto.com right before they... It had their massive Super Bowl ad that took down their entire website. Um, they had a forty-three million dollar crypto breach, oh, and wow. then there was another company the next week that had a four hundred million dollar security breach. People, this this is almost easier to steal than by getting somebody's banking information.
0: So so explain that. So when you say a $400 million breach, are you saying that people are going in and they actually stole $400 million worth of crypto from people? Yes. Wow. That's scary.
2: It's beyond scary. And then now that there are all these unregulated players who are trying to aggregate crypto holdings with promises of returns that are very Bernie Madoff-like, Right. um, you're basically giving away control of your crypto assets for the promise of daily interest payments between 7% and 20%, Um, but then there's no regulation, there's no security, there's no bond, there's no anything to prove that your money is being handled correctly or it's being used to buy a Maserati. Who knows? Right. Golly. So, yeah.
1: can I here? I'd like to take this to a less technical place, but a more complicated place. Okay. And I want to talk about buying a bottle of wine that you can't drink.
0: <laughs> so, you transition to NFTs. I like it.
2: Okay. So, NFTs are so new that there's barely any treasury guidance on how we're supposed to deal with that. Basically, any sort of digital image can be purchased and owned, to me, the most hilarious thing about it is people are posting pictures of the NFTs that they've purchased on Twitter and Reddit and other public forums. And then somebody just goes, right, right click, save image as, okay, thanks.
0: It's so- It's nuts. Is there there no ID? See, and that's exactly what I said. Is there not an ID or anything attached to the actual NFT? Because I said, I would just go ahead and just steal everyone's NFTs by just copying, yeah, just saving to a folder.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, they're supposedly blockchain verified. However, there's zero security
0: on the images. So let's, okay. So let's actually talk about, how those actually how you trade them because this is i just this is just very confusing i could take a picture of trisha right now with her permission of course and i can you say hey here's a trisha stetzel nft okay mm-hmm. so i can say that i bought this for 20 bucks all right then douglas you might come along and say oh,
1: wait I'm, way okay, more fine, than 20 right
0: a million dollars And then Douglas says, you know what? Hey, you know
1: what?
0: Okay. Why not? You know what? Trish is a good friend of mine. I'm going to pay Colton 1.1 million for it. Boom. Right. Which wouldn't happen. Right. It's so ridiculous. But the thing is, I don't understand how you can trade these things. The only people who, in my opinion, I could be wrong that make money in NFTs are celebrities, famous people that create NFTs because, oh, it's just like the Logan Paul Charizard card. Oh, so uh, Logan Paul owned this NFT. Well, he can sell it for like, 10 times 20 times what he bought it for because it was his nft at one point so how does that make any sense to to trade these things it doesn't there again
2: it's just as you as you were describing about crypto assets they are based entirely on demand and supply but with nfts there's basically an unlimited supply one of the things that drives crypto values is that each coin issue will state a maximum number of coins that will be issued right. so they create a an appearance of scarcity right but with nfts um we could just take the former president's wife who is generating a bunch of nfts to sell for her charity and um she, can, she can always create more but right? like, like, what's the exclusivity there
0: right but again, it was a Melania Trump NFT. So again, they're going to buy, it's going to have more value, you know? And so, I mean, I might buy an NFT if I have a friend who created something and just to help them out pay five bucks for one. I mean, I, I can, I'll do that. But again, I just don't, I just don't see the value. There's no demand. There. There's no physical asset. Everything is digital. I think you get to a really scary place. And like <laughs> you said, a whole lot easier to, to, to see fraud and theft because digital assets are probably more exposed versus me putting, you know, gold in a safe or, you know, something, or having the SEC actually monitor all transactions that I invest in. Right. So it's dangerous. Um, Man, we are coming right here on the, on the dot. Tricia, I could talk, we can probably go 30 minutes on this podcast. Why don't you wrap us up so we can stay within our parameters.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Douglas, thank you as always for coming and talking to us. And I haven't seen Colton this excited in a really long time.
2: Yeah. Colton and I need to get together and knock back a couple bottles of wine and just do a whole lot of giggling. Just not, not real NF-
1: bottles. Yeah. Not NFTs.
0: Real, real bottles. bottles no, wine. I,
2: no, yeah. real bottles of wine. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, Thank you for being on the show, Doug Horde, my tax guy, Houston. And by the way, if you want to get in touch with Douglas and talk more cryptocurrency, all of his contact information, as well as his social uh, connections are in the show notes. So please help yourself and connect with Douglas offline. Douglas, we look forward to having you back in a few months so we can talk more (laughs) about financial wellness on the show.
2: Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Doug.
1: Absolutely. So tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, where we'll be focused on financial independence for the rest of the month. And
0: we're going to be speaking to loan officer, uh, Mr. Trey Garcia. So it's going to be a lot of good information.
1: See you guys on the other side.
0: Thanks again for tuning into this week's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with the most important people in your life. Colton Cocker with Sherman McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., member FINRACIPIC. Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.